I want to look at the passage of Scripture on this Christmas Sunday where Mary was approached by the angel who was to tell her she would be pregnant with the Messiah. If you'll turn quickly with me to Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. We're going to look at this passage. The earlier verses talk about Elizabeth and Zechariah becoming pregnant with John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Jesus. But in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Verse 30, But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you already give him the name Jesus. Verse 32, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Verse 34, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, who will be born, will be called the Son of God. Verse 36, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. This experience is one of the most noteworthy parts of our Christmas time. This experience that this 15-year-old had with an angel. Most scholars believe that Mary was somewhere between 14 and 16 years of age when she has this experience with the angel. Now, let me help you understand the scenario. For over 500 years, the Lord has not engaged with his people Israel. If you read through the Old Testament, you see multiple times where God did supernatural things. Angels came and spoke to different ones. Over, over the period of time, the, the Israelites had become God's people. God did miracles. He opened up the Red Seas. He, he, had, he had walls of Jericho fall down. Supernatural experiences that the people prior to the last 500 years had experienced. But over the last 500 years, up until this mark, no one had ever seen an angel no one had ever had a miraculous experience. In fact, God himself withdrew, if you will, from engaging with his people. So when an angel shows up and begins to speak to a 15-year-old, I want you to understand probably the scenario at that point was all of the stories of the miracles who had been passed down from great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents. Now in this generation of believers or followers of God, they probably sounded more like fairy tales. They didn't know one person alive that had experienced the supernatural of God. Those people have all died and gone on, as the Bible says, to their forefathers. They've gone on, but the generation that is alive have not experienced anything supernatural. So when an angel shows up and has a conversation with a 15-year-old, I would imagine she was in awe and wonder. I would imagine she didn't even know really how to respond. In fact, no one that she knew had ever had an experience anything like it, not her parents 
parents, not her grandparents, probably not even her great-grandparents. All she knew were the stories that had been passed down from over 500 years old. And this generation had never experienced anything like it. And the angel stands in front of her and he says, I want you to know, sweet love, God's favor is upon you and you will give birth to the Messiah. The verbiage that he uses, the Son of God sitting on the throne of his ancestor David, is all messianic verbiage. Every little Jewish person would have known exactly what the angel was referring to. You're not just going to have a special child. You are going to give birth to the promised one, to the Messiah, to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And her response is probably really powerful considering her situation. She says, how can this be? I don't think it was a response of disbelief. I think it was more of a practical response like, um, hold on just a second. I'm a virgin. I've never been with a man. I'm betrothed or I'm engaged to Joseph. But how could I have a baby when I've never been with a man? And the angel explains and says, for the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. Now, this is tenement to our faith as Christians because Jesus is not half Joseph half Mary. He's not a portion of her chromosomes and a portion of Joseph's chromosomes. Mary chromosomes mixed with the king of glory, with the God of heaven and earth. The spirit of the living God came upon her. And the reason why this is paramount is because if Jesus is part man, part woman, if he is all nature, all natural uh, birth, then what he is is nothing more than just like us. But God came down in the form of a man. God, the Holy Spirit came upon Mary. So Jesus is born without a sin nature. See, each and every one of us, the book of Romans tells us that we are born with a sin nature. It's more natural for you and I to sin than it is for us not to sin. And it's because Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and every child they gave birth to and every child thereafter had a sin nature. It's more natural. But Jesus was born without a sin nature because he was perfectly God and perfectly human. And so God man walked on the earth and he came in the form of a child, the most the most vulnerable you could come in. Think about it. Why did God not put his son on the planet as a ruling king? Why did he not just show up one day as a 35-year-old or strapping muscle 28-year-old? He came in the most vulnerable position. Why? To connect with us that our vulnerability to sin, that Jesus came in a vulnerable nature and overcame that sin so that he could pay the penalty for our sins. He became like us and like us even to death and he made away. So when the angel is speaking to her, the revelation that she's going to give birth by power of the Holy Spirit must be overwhelming and daunting. And she looks at him and then he finishes his statement with this, for nothing is impossible with God. This is the true Christmas message that nothing is impossible with God. With God, Nothing is impossible. With yourself, everything's impossible. With your government, there's a whole lot of impossibility. With your workplace, there's a whole lot of impossibilities. But with God, everybody say with God. With God, nothing is impossible. The angel says, not only is something supernatural going to happen to you, but something supernatural is happening over here. And he brings out, if you will, two types of miracles that I want to point you to today. The first miracle is the miracle that which you never imagined. Mary, I know you never thought that this could happen to you. 
There are miracles that God wants to do in your life that you never thought could happen. This 15-year-old country girl who's never even known a palace, who's never even thought about being royalty, probably even struggled to be able to even finish her studies, this little girl has found favor with God, that which she could not have done in herself. And there is a miracle for each and every one of us that God, being with God, will transpire that you never thought was possible. I never thought as a little boy from Baker, Louisiana, Louisiana, who barely even able was able to get through school, that I would be standing here on this stage prophesying to a generation and traveling the nations of the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He did a miracle in me, and he'll do a miracle in you. That which you never thought possible. There are men and women in this room that God wants to entrust millions and millions of dollars, and he wants to take a little person like you and give you inventions and ideas and solutions to the world's problems that no one else, all the bright minds and all the, all the educated folks have never been able to come up with because God loves to do miracles through his people. He is the God of miracles. And this is the Christmas message that God would miraculously send his son to the earth so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. The miracle of Christmas. And he slangs this out to her and he says, sweetheart, I know you probably don't think you're worthy of it. I know you don't think that you are educated for it, but you have been chosen. What you didn't think could happen, God can do. He is the God of miracles. And then he begins to give her a second understanding of the miraculous. And he begins to mention her relative, her relative Elizabeth, which brings me to the second type of miracle that God wants to do in your life. And that which you have lost hope for. If you'll read the earlier verses of this chapter, God is looking to bring John the Baptist to the planet. He is the forerunner of Jesus. He is Jesus's hype man, if you will. And to bring John the Baptist to the planet, he's going to bring John the Baptist through Elizabeth and Zechariah. Zechariah is a priest before the Lord. They are now in their old age. And Zechariah is in the Holy of Holies when an angel shows up. Six months earlier, before speaking to, to Mary, the angel shows up and speaks to Zechariah and says, your wife is finally going to have a child. And Zechariah begins to laugh at the whole scenario. He says, it can't happen. I'm too old. She's too old. Most scholars believe that Elizabeth would have been somewhere between 60 and 80 years of age. She's past the opportunity to become pregnant, pregnant and give birth. But the angel says, because you've laughed, I'm going to shut your voice off. I'm going to shut your mouth because I don't want you destroying what God has put into motion. So I'm going to shut you up. And he shuts up Zechariah's voice. When he comes out of the presence of the Lord, all the people are like, why can't he talk? They could tell he had had an experience with the Lord, something supernatural. And for the next nine months, he was unable to speak. The angel, six months into the process of Elizabeth being pregnant, shows up and speaks to Mary and says, Mary, let me tell you something. It may be impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. Not just the thing that you never thought, ever dreamed, never even considered God could do with you. Not only can that miracle happen in your life, but God will also take the dead dreams of the past and the things that you prayed for that never came to pass, and he will awaken them inside of you and give you a miracle that you've lost hope for. And I'm looking at men and women here today that you have things that you had hoped for, that you had prayed for, and they've never come to pass, and you've lost hope for it. You say, God, I guess I'm not going to pray for that anymore. I'm not going to believe for that anymore because it doesn't seem 
possible anymore. I'm past the moment where that should have happened. Can you imagine being Elizabeth? Can you imagine her first set of prayers when she found out she couldn't get pregnant in her 20s? And her husband being a man of God, a man of the cloth, if you will. Can you imagine his prayers? Oh, Father, would you please heal my wife? Can you imagine her every night before she went to bed as she kneeled beside her bed and said, God, would you please give my husband a child? Would you please, because in their culture, to be childless for most people meant that you must have sinned against God, that he wouldn't let you have a child. So it was a false ideology, but most people believed it. And here they are, people of God, committed to the Lord. And God holds back the healing process in this way. She prays in her, to her 30s. Can you imagine when she got to 38 and 40 years of age and she's looking at it going, this is the last couple years we got if he doesn't do it now. Can you imagine as she turned 50 or 55 and the hope, imagine how her prayers begin to change. God, I guess you're going to do some other type of miracle because you're not going to heal me and give me a child. Can you imagine when she turned 60? And she can't even dream of grandkids as all the young ladies that she grew up with in high school are not only having kids, but have now have grandkids and maybe even some of them experiencing great-grandkids. All hope is gone when God says, my timing is perfect. For you see, had Elizabeth gotten pregnant in her 20s, John the Baptist couldn't have been the forerunner of Jesus because he had been too old. He'd have missed the moment. Jesus was coming to the earth at a certain time. And so Elizabeth's miracle had to wait until this could happen. Then God could bring that forward. See, maybe the thing that you've been believing for has not simply been said no to. Maybe it's just been delayed because something else has to happen. Maybe your timing needs to line up with God's timing. And the worries of the things that don't happen need to come into alignment that he is God no matter whether it happens in my lifetime or in another. Are you tracking? Let me say yes. He is the God of miracles. Christmas should remind you that with God, all things are possible. In this engagement that Mary has with the angel, I would imagine that she thought, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, my, my, my distant cousin is pregnant? That old lady's got a kid coming? How can this be? Because with God, all things are possible. Charles F. Kittering, the noted scientist and inventor, believed that the easiest way to overcome defeat was to ignore completely the possibility of failure. In an address that he delivered at Denson University in Ohio, he told the crowd that he was given a tough assignment to a young researcher. He gave him a tough assignment there at General Motors Laboratory just to see how he would react to the difficult problem. Mr. Keating forbade him from looking at the former research by the expert scientists on the same assignment. He refused him to go to the library and find out what the other researchers who had tackled the same problem had come up with. For in their assessment, the problem was unsolvable, that there could not be a solution to it, and therefore it was written off as something that could not be done. But since the young researcher did not know that, he went forward with confidence and ultimately succeeded. 
He did succeed, not because of the research that said he couldn't, because he never saw the research that said he couldn't. See, I want you to understand something. You've been permeated with so many reasons why you can't be successful in God, why God doesn't do miracles anymore, that you've lost the ability to believe that with God, all things are possible. And we cannot go into 2022 believing that the failures of 2021 or the disappointments of 2020 will dominate the future of our life. We must go into 2022 saying, with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. The dead dreams come alive. With God, all things are possible. <coughs> I would say it like this to you. With God, <coughs> impossible is just a big word thrown around by small men who have never known the majestic touch of the Savior. I would say to you, with God, impossible is not a fact, it's just an opinion. I would say to you today that impossible with God is not a declaration, it's a dare. With God, impossible is the potential to blow the minds of the godless, giving them a chance to consider their ways. I would say that with God, impossible is not permanent, it's a temporary status that's simply awaiting a man or woman of faith to step up and hold God at his word. <clears throat> God that we serve is the God of the impossible. With man, it may not be possible, but with God, all things are possible. The key component here is with God. The question is, are we with God? Oh, I know that we're with the social media of the day. I know that we're of the worldview of the day. But the question is, are we with God? See, with God, all things are possible. With God, which begs the question, who are you with? See, you know who you are by who you hang with. When I go to South American countries, within a matter of days, I start trying to roll my R's with everything I say. They laugh at me. Because I start going, bro, look, let me tell you something right here. And they're like, pastor, you're a gringo, stop. I start noticing that I start dressing differently when I'm in Japan for a couple weeks. I start acting the way they act. Friend, can I tell you something? When you're with God, you start believing for the impossible to be possible because there's nothing that's impossible for the God that we serve. And this is the statement that the angel makes upon delivering the news that what is impossible for you, sweetheart, you could, have never you could have never worked a merit system good enough. You could have never been good enough for God to pick you to be the carrier of the Messiah. God picked you because with God, what is impossible becomes possible. Your, your, your cousin, your great cousin over there who's way past the years of giving birth, let me tell you something. God's going to show that he can do impossible things. He can make impossible possible when you're with God. Now, there's a key component to her response. And I think these pieces are critical for you and me as to whether or not we're with God. When you're with God, this is your attitude and response. And let's connect it to what Mary said. She goes, proof that you're with God. Look at her response. Her first, her first response is, I am the Lord's servant. I'm the Lord's servant. When he says, with God, all things are possible, I am the Lord's servant. I'm with God. I'm the Lord's servant. See, my problem with most of the Christians I meet today is they think God is their servant. Mary proves that she's with God by her first statement, I am the Lord's servant. 
Whatever he wants, I want. He is the boss. He is the king of my life. If he says right, I go right. If he says left, I go left. If he says I'm going to carry the Messiah without ever having sex with a man, somehow crazy, supernaturally, I'm going to be impregnated and have the Messiah in my belly. I am the servant of God. What he wants, I want. What he says, I say. Where he goes, I go. And this is the problem for some of you where, why you're never seeing the miraculous hand of God because you're with you and not with God. You keep trying to drag God into your mess instead of taking your mess and dragging it into God. What I've learned to do over the years is just take myself, throw myself on the mercy seat of God every morning and say, Jesus, whatever you're doing, I'm doing. Whatever you're going, I'm going. You are the Lord. I am not. I don't like half of what you say, but I'm do it anyway because you are the Lord my God. Are you with me? Say yes. This is the critical understanding as we close out 2022 and we celebrate Christmas with family and friends. Who is the Lord of your life? What dominates your way of thinking? Mary said, you are the Lord. The Lord's will for I am his servant. And so she brought forth the Messiah. Supernatural. It's a miracle. Makes no sense that this little girl would carry the Messiah. She is the most popular female in the history of humanity. Everyone knows who Mother Mary is. Everyone knows that name. For 2,000 years, this little girl lined up her faith with the will of God and said, he is my Lord, so let the supernatural flow through me. Here's her second response that proves that she was with God. And she said, let it be done according to your word. This is where we fail at so much. This is where I fail at. Lord, let it be done according to your word. If the Bible says it, that settles it. Settles it, whether we like it or not. You want to see the everyday supernatural in your life, the God of heaven and earth doing the impossible in your life? then you and I have to come to the place that we surrender our trust to what he says. If he says he'll do it, he'll do it. If he says you're the head and not the tail, then you are. If he says you're the lender and not the borrower, you say, Pastor, you don't know. I'm the borrower right now. I don't have money. I don't even tithe. I don't do, I ain't got no money. I can't pay my bills. Friend, you need to line yourself up with the living God's ways and get with God. Because if you're with God, then his words are true and his words are powerful. And when he says you're the lender and not the borrower, you need to take a hold of that and say, I may not be that now, but I'm becoming that. I will be that. I will lend and not borrow. I will lead and not follow. I will be, I will be the thing that God promised I would be in the earth today. I am the healed of the Lord. I am blessed and highly favored. And friend, you got to grasp that because if you don't grasp that, then you're going to get on the opposite side of what Mary was on. She understood the angel's words are the words of God. And God is speaking to me through his holy uh, his holy, you know, advocate. And I say, yes. And I say, I submit to it. When the word of God says, to forgive those who've sinned against you. And you don't do that. You're putting yourself out of position to be with God. Because with God, his words are true. I'm with God. You know, according to all scientific research, according to all of the technological advancement in aerospace technology, the aerospace technology has proven that it's impossible for a bumblebee to fly. 
their body weight, the lack of aerodynamics in ratio to the wingspan that they have is impossible. But the problem is the bee does not know that the aerospace technology has told them that their ability to fly is impossible. All they know is that God created them to do the impossible, to fly. And so they do what God said they were supposed to do. So bees break every bit of scientific technology, every proof that they can't re reproduce it, they can't make it happen in, in any type of scientific way. And the reason that is, is because God said they could fly, so they just believe it and they just fly. When you and I get to the place... Today that we say, oh God, I don't know how you're going to bring that kid of mine back to you, but I know you're the God of the impossible and I'm with you. Lord, I don't know how you're going to get me out of this financial situation, but I'm with you, God, and with you, all things are possible. Lord, I don't know how you're going to get me past this bad diagnosis, but I know this with you, all things are possible. I don't know how we're going to get through this Christmas because uncle so-and-so's coming over and every time we want to stab but Lord, with you, all things are possible. This is the message. This is the message of Christmas. That with God, all things are possible. You've been listening to all this other mess on the news. And you've lost hope. And you lost faith. And you lost the ability to dream. But God wants to resurrect the dreams of 2019 and 2018. He wants to resurrect that which you've quit on and given up on. Because you've been told it's impossible. The bumblebee doesn't know it's impossible. And you better stop thinking it's impossible. Because with God, all things are possible. I'm going to say it again. With God, all things are possible. And it's time to dream again. It's time to believe again. It's time to trust again. It's time to go into 2022 and say, I don't know. I don't know if the whole world's going to burn down. I don't know if everybody's going to stab each other and rioting in the streets. But I know that my God will supply all my needs according to his glory and his riches and glory. I know that I'm with him and with him all things are possible. Jesus got up on that cross so that you and I wouldn't live a limited life. He came in the most vulnerable way he could, and that of a child, so that you and I could see God amongst us, amongst us, Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, for the generations prior to Christ, they didn't really have the impossible because God really wasn't with them. He would come down, the Spirit would come down, and he'd lift up off of them. He'd come down and then go back to heaven. Supernatural things and then off of Samson. Supernatural things and then lift off of Jeremiah. But with us, he came to rest and be. That is the story. The Emmanuel, God with us. And with us, nothing is impossible when we're with him. Are you tracking with me? Say yes. Do me a favor. Would you stand up this morning with me?